This episode is brought to you by Ancient Nutrition. You don't have to scroll down too far on your feed to see all the stories of people talking about the effects of collagen and collagen in this and collagen in that. It's all the rage. But what I found was that it's actually way more than just hype. When I had Dr. Axe on the podcast a few weeks ago, we ended up having this big conversation after we concluded. And we were talking about all of the benefits of collagen and how important it was to transform your health and how it helps sharpen your mind and it makes you feel your best. Obviously, he's extremely passionate about what he does since he is one of the creators of Ancient Nutrition. I've actually been using Ancient Nutrition for many years now and all of their products are made from the highest quality ingredients and are rigorously and repeatedly tested for purity, something that a lot of supplement companies don't do. Their best-selling multi-collagen protein powder includes five types of collagen. This is something that I learned in my conversation with him and his new book. It is the first and only collagen on the market with clinically studied ingredients proven to help reduce joint discomfort as early as day one. It improves fine lines and wrinkles after about four weeks, and it transforms your overall skin tone after about eight. It's unflavored and dissolves in any liquid, so you can put a scoop in your morning coffee or you can do what I do and put it in your morning smoothie. Right now, Ancient Nutrition is offering 20% off of your first order when you go to ancientnutrition.com and enter the promo code LOVED at checkout. That's ancientnutrition.com, enter promo code LOVED for 20% off of your first order. ancientnutrition.com, promo code LOVED. A special thanks to Ancient Nutrition for sponsoring this show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Radically Loved Radio. So, hey. Hey. (laughs) Tessa's here. (laughs) Hey, everybody. (laughs) So, What do you guys think of us dropping the radio from Radically Loved and just calling the podcast Radically Loved instead of Radically Loved Radio? I mean, that's what I call it. (laughs) Sometimes I add radio in there, but I feel like that is a bit redundant. It is, right? Um, So it's just Radically Loved. So welcome to the Radically Loved podcast. We are getting a full rebrand. So you will all be seeing some new stuff. Jeff here soon. Very excited. We stole uh, Chase Tunings, our buddy and uh, friend from Ever Forward, the Ever Forward podcast. Um, His buddy Nuncio is going to be hooking us up with some new swag for the podcast, which I'm very excited about. 
Yeah, uh, me too. I can't <laughs> wait to see it. <laughs> so Tessa's excited. I'm excited. And last week we had the conversation about manifestation and I said that we would conclude it today. So I want to just jump right in because I think it's important for us to just put it out, on, put it out on the line, put it, put it on the table. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about the important things we need to do to take action, to manifest what you want today. Mm-hmm. So last week I talked about the importance of thinking, saying, and doing, and how we never focus on the doing part. Mm-hmm. Not never. I don't want to say that. That's a little bit too of a, a broad statement. I think we often encounter challenges whenever we are faced with having to do the do part of the manifestation. Yeah. So here's the thing. The first thing that we need to get down to is clarity to get down to the clarity of what it is that we actually want. And those of you that took my, the art of intention course online know that I went through all of these steps. And at the end of the day, really the art of intention is about manifestation. It's about awakening to the power that we have to create the things that we want into, in, in our lives. It's the same thing, like a sankalpa, you know, having mm-hmm. a, a vow that we take the, I can, I will, I must mantra. I can, I will, I must wake up every morning and do my practice. I can, I will, I must be a force for positivity. I can, I will, I must, you know, try and stop my negative thinking. I mean, that's a little bit more hard to do, Mm -hmm. but the whole idea is to get clear on what it is that we actually want. So last week, I, I still do have some clients that I'm working with privately, some coaching, and I've been doing the coaching for many years now. And I obviously with the pandemic and everything that's going on with radically loved and the growth spurt that we've been in, I've not been able to have as much time to working with one-on-ones, but I do have a handful of people that I'm still working with. One of the things that came up last week was one of my clients was having a really hard time with getting clear with what it is that she wants. Mm -hmm. She was laid off during the pandemic. Uh, The company that she was working for basically went out of business. Mm -hmm. And we tried to look at the silver lining. She was wanting to get out of that job. It had been already a long time coming. And I feel like we had this conversation not that long ago when you and I were both talking about doing that scary thing and and quitting the job. Yeah. And the thing is, I really do believe that the universe, when you have a desire for change, if you don't take the steps to do it, it's going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I say that of course, with compassion and with kindness to a lot of other people that I know that have lost their job that didn't want anything to change that are being faced now with the challenge of having to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. Now I'm speak, I'm speaking on career right now specifically. So 
she was talking about the whole manifestation thing. She's like, okay, so how am I going to manifest the job that I want then? How am I going to manifest that when, you know, the world is upside down and what I do is such a niche thing. And I don't, I know all the companies that would hire me are not going to hire me because I'm at a certain age. And I feel like, you know, they're not going to want me to come work for them because I just, you know, I just, it's not going to work. And she is awesome. She really is a a very talented, capable lady. She basically raised three kids by herself and wanted a career change. She was waiting for, she wanted to do a a teacher training. She wanted to figure out how to um, combine her knowledge in working in the wellness industry as an executive and bringing yoga into these uh, companies, even corporations, right. And Mm -hmm. teaching them about the importance of um, undoing busyness and Mm -hmm. focusing on their life. Right. So Mm -hmm. all of these really great ideas. So I said to her, okay, well, here's what we can do. We can continue to search. And there's, this is many people. She's not the only person that I know that is going through the same exact thing. I'm sure you, you have, I venture to guess that you might have people in your life that are probably going through the same type of shift. Yeah. I mean, you know, as I sit here and think about that, I feel really lucky in in my close circle of friends, like they have solid jobs and they've been able to weather this crazy storm. So I don't know. Um, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, you know, that is going through like a major job transition, but there's so many people out there that, yeah, Yeah. are. Yeah. So it's easy for somebody like me to say, oh, you just have to change your energy around it. Mm -hmm. Like just shift your, shift your thinking, shift your energy around it. And, um, put your energy into something else. And the first thing I always ask people when, when we're talking about this is where are you in the, on the, on the desire, uh, pyramid, like you want to create something, you want to build something. First of all, do you feel safe and secure? Do you have enough money to survive and to think about these things? Because if you don't, and you're stressed out because you're about to get evicted and you don't have any food in your fridge, then we have to have a different conversation. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she is at this moment and maybe for the next year, financially, she's good. Mm-hmm. Great. So how do we shift that energy of already feeling in scarcity and already defeating herself before even trying to reach out to people or to do things? Well, mm-hmm. we have to come down to the basis of what it is getting clear. What exactly do you want to do? What is going to bring you the the most joy and connection? Well, one of her big passions used to be photography. She took photography in college. She would offer to photograph um, events anytime that she did events just for fun. This was just like her fun thing. And that has nothing to do with where she wants to take her career. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the yoga, you know, she wants to figure out how to, how to incorporate wellness into these corporate spaces. But the photography thing really struck me because I said, Oh, something that brings you joy. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
How about we shift this energy into doing something that brings you joy? Okay, great. Well, photography um, sounds like it's a good thing for you. It makes you happy. It brings you joy. Do you still take photos? Well, yeah, but you know, I have an old camera and I do stuff on my phone now. And, and I'm like, yeah, but your camera, like hand on a camera, not your phone, but on a camera. Yeah. I mean, I haven't pulled that camera out in years, probably four or five years. And it's like, okay, well, why don't you go pull that bad boy out? Mm -hmm. And let's, let's talk about doing a, a photography project. Well, she, she took it out. And then the next session, her homework was to anything that would inspire her on a, on a walk, take a picture of it. Just anything that would speak to you. The next time we got on the phone, she was talking about, she did a couple, like eight pictures maybe in the course of two weeks. And I was like, well, how was it? It was, it was nice, but I just don't see how me focusing on something like this, this is an artistic expression. I just don't understand how me focusing on doing this is going to help me with what I want to do. And so I just gently and lovingly pointed out the fact that she was even stopping herself from having a little bit of joy. So how was she expect to get, how would she expect to get clarity over a big thing like a career when she can't even allow herself to do something that she enjoys doing for fun without also stifling her own Mm. conduit for energy. So we had, we continued and, and she started to see what my point was. And Mm. she said, okay, I get it now. So Mm. she took that weekend, went with her kids, took a bunch of pictures, did these, she, she loves, uh, photographing like very candid sort of moments. That's why she liked to do live events. She sent me the most beautiful pictures. I mean, there are certain people who, and especially she took photography in high school. I mean, she loved it in high school. She took it in college. Like this was something that she was really into. Mm-hmm. Then she's sending me text messages and pictures and telling me what kind of setting. And, you know, I wanted to shoot this way, but I had to do it manual because the light and just going on and on. And I was just, my heart was just, yeah, it was just so, uh, I could feel the energy shift Yeah, that she did on her own. You know, I, all I did was, Hey, something that brought you joy before. What was it? So uh-huh. long as it's obviously not like doing drugs or whatever. Yeah, something <laughs> dangerous gonna, or unhealthy. It's not going to be destructive. <laughs> yeah. And we had a really great conversation. And I'm happy to say that she's now on her journey to sending her revamped resume out and new energy. And, you know, it, I'm, I'd love to say, oh, and she got now the career her, of her dreams. She will, she knows she will now, mm-hmm. but we had to establish first that clarity and, and root her in a deep sense of joy and to just ground in that. Because I think for all of us, it's so easy to say, it's easy for me to say that, but when I'm in that space too, when, when I'm in the downward spiral of negativity. I'm locked in that cycle. It's hard for me to remember, Oh, go to the beach, go stick your feet in the sand, like go sit outside, go for a walk, call one of your friends, uh, 
take a pottery class, like do something. something. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to take you out. And obviously because of COVID, it's been very difficult for people to go do those things. But Mm -hmm. that conversation reminded me of a conversation that I had a few years ago with Robert Sturman. I think it was back in 2017, if I'm correct, maybe it was 2018. It was 2018. Hmm. Um, And his journey, and he is an incredibly talented artist and an artist that I really do believe is, you know, the type of people that create art that sort of supersede any category Hmm. They sort of evolve and move beyond anything specific. You know, the type of artist that can really embody a movement, uh, idea, an emotion, mm-hmm. uh, a feeling. He He's known mostly for um, yoga photography, but it's just, he is so deep. He's photographed, you know, prisoners in, you know, prisoners doing yoga, um, Afghan vets. He's traveled all over. He's gone all over the world. And this man really knows how to capture life at its core Mm. with the light and the dark, you know? Mm. And I was, I was telling her about him. And then I thought, well, why don't we do one of our little double features. And so, um, I'd really love for all of you to listen to this episode. It's from a few years ago. So it's like way deep in the archive. If those of you that are listening to this are newer to the podcast, welcome. And what I'd love to do is put that interview here so that you can listen to it. And hopefully what was said today was inspiring for somebody out there, or maybe it was just a reminder for you to do something that brings you joy and, and knowing that that's the key to manifesting what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have anything to add Tess? I just think it's such a nice reminder. And sometimes we just forget, you know, to play, like we take ourselves so seriously as adults and even find myself taking myself too seriously when I'm teaching yoga or I'm showing up to do something. It doesn't have to be a certain way, right? We can show up and do our jobs and play a little bit there too, and find joy in, in the thing that, you know, maybe feels like it's become humdrum or like mundane. Can we find joy in that too? So I just, it's such a nice reminder. So thank you because I forget that too, all the time. Oh, I forget that every day. Yeah. And I think that, I think everybody listening to this can relate to that. So, um, before I play you the conversation with Robert Sturman, um, here's a message from our sponsors. And what I want to say to all of you listening is we are so grateful for you and any support that you guys can give us with regard to sharing this podcast episode or just the podcast in general or writing a review if you're listening to this on iTunes. Those things really help us and it allows the people that sponsor this show, the companies that we align ourselves with to continue to support us. And we love to be able to 
provide all of this content for free. And this is the way that we're able to do that. So that being said, thank you all. And here's a message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Thrive Market. If you've been a longtime listener of the show, you know that I've been using Thrive Market for years. We've even had Gunnar Lovelace on the show. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. They have the highest quality, healthy, and sustainable products and the best selection online. You can buy thousands of wholesome food, home, and beauty products curated just for you. So it really creates it simple for you to get the things that you want and even discover some things that you didn't know you would like. Like the brand Lesser Evil that has grain-free paleo puffs with no cheese cheesiness and I am addicted. Look, you guys know that I've been writing this book for, it feels like a year. It's not been completely a year, but it might be here in the next couple of months. I've been really busy just trying to balance everything, teaching classes online, being able to stay up to date with the podcast, and having things delivered to my door has been so incredibly helpful Not only that, but I know that by supporting Thrive Market, I'm supporting my community. They also focus hugely on supporting female-owned businesses. You can personalize your grocery store to just focus on BIPOC businesses and brands. It's super easy to get started and find exactly what you're looking for. There are two different membership options to suit your lifestyle. The first one is one month membership for $9.95 a month, or a 12-month membership for $5 a month, billed at $59.95. So we're excited to announce that Thrive Market has a new offer for all of our listeners. If you join today, you get 25% off of your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com forward slash radically loved and join today to get 25% off of your first order and a free gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market dot com forward slash radically loved to get 25% off of your first order and a free gift. Thank you Thrive Market for being a supporter of Radically Loved Radio. And now back to our show. Robert Sturman is a visual artist, a dedicated yoga practitioner himself. His work has increasingly focused on capturing the timeless grace and embodied mindfulness of asana. His portraits, whether set in the lively streets of Manhattan, the expansiveness of Malibu's beaches and canyons, the timeless elegance of Walden's New England, or the bleakness of San Quentin. He has done incredible work at capturing the essence of this practice in an incredibly beautiful, remarkable way. And such a wise sage for his art. I feel so honored and blessed to be his friend and to have him as a part of our community. I was so excited to talk to him about his journey and his path and what to look forward to in this coming new year. Here's Robert Sturman. You know, one of the things that really you left resonant in my mind from when we first met when we talked, you know, when we interviewed you, um, when you were taking a bunch of pictures and you literally would look at something and just do one and be like, got it, you know, and just be like, and it was such a mindful way of working that it really just kind of made me think how many things do we do so much of, because we just don't know what we're looking for, you know? And I think that especially for, you know, people listening to this podcast, we're all looking for something, 
you know? And, and I think that sometimes we get so overwhelmed by not knowing what we're looking for. And I think that when we find people in our lives or people we look up to or creative types that know what they want or, or seemingly have their life path, you know, we always look up to that because we're like, ah, they found it or they know what they're looking for. So maybe some of it can rub off on me or, or they can teach me how they did that, you know? So, okay. So that's kind of like a, um, an interesting introduction, but I'm sitting here with Robert Sturman in his home. He's so kind to uh, let my friend Henry and I come in <laughs> and, um, and be in his home with Chai, the sweet little princess just staring at us, um, to invite us into his home so that we can talk to him about who he is, what he does, and, and how he has found what he's looking for, and maybe things he hasn't found yet and what he's looking for. Oh, thank you for taking the time to be interested, you know? <laughs> so many people are concerned with being interesting. Yeah. And that's something that fascinates me about certain people, and I have deep respect for people that are interested, and I find that people that are more interested in things are actually more interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that's So thank that's you true. for taking the time. Oh, good. Yeah, thank to you. To see me. And uh, getting back to, I could tie that in with what you just said about the decisive moment. Yeah. You know, I'm a professional photographer, so I'm going to work on things that try to evolve in a way that that is um, very direct and mindful. So when I was a student and apprentice, when I was... 19 to a professional photographer, he gave me an assignment and that was to go up to San Francisco and there was just one exposure in this particular camera that we were using. And I had from eight in the morning until the rest of the day to look, to see, to think, to feel, and only make one exposure. And so if I made that exposure at 8.45 in the morning, I'd be done for the day. And therefore, you know, I'd have to pass up thousands of photographs in order to commit to that one. So that taught me to not be a guesser. And I started to learn that, that there was no, in the yoga of seeing, it didn't seem very fun to to just take a thousand exposures with the hope of just getting one. Like maybe I'll get one, you know, rather than have the opportunity to look, see, feel, mm. press the shutter, and then just be in the knowingness that you got it, that you were with it, and then walk away. I'm Look, I'm still working on this all the time. But then to walk away confidently, oftentimes you walk away and you say, man, I came all the way to India, I better make sure that I got this shot. And, you know, what am I being an underachiever? But <laughs> so all that those kind of thoughts yeah. come through. Mm -hmm. So there's a Zen about it. And it's a yoga, yoga of seeing. Yeah. And so and, and I know, you know, your work and, and obviously this is the yoga world is very, very uh, prevalent in your your career. How how did that happen? 
Did you see it when you were first wanting to become a, a visual artist? Did you see your path going in the direction of, of yoga? No, not at all. But one thing that I did know, because I my heroes in the history of art had show exemplified this, is that whatever your life is, that's what your work is going to become. Like Van Gogh, he lived with the potato eaters for a year, and he just painted the potato eaters. And so what happened for me was I wanted to rewrite the story of what it meant to be an artist because I found that my heroes in the history of art lived lives of self-destruction. And it occurred to me that while I was sitting in a, a museum in Italy that the works of artists are housed in these facilities, these buildings that are millions and millions of dollars and with security guards. And there's so much respect for their work, yet the artist wasn't self-respecting. So that's when my journey as a yogi began because I wanted to say yes to myself and not, I mean, so many of my heroes, they just lived completely destructive lives. Mm. And I thought something's, something's a little off with that. Like, why not try self-respecting and then the work, you know, taking just as care, good care of myself as the work is taken care of. Yeah. And I think that's so beautiful that, that that's, you know, the, the precedence that you've, you've created not only in your life, but just as a, as somebody who's in front of the public, whose work has been featured in countless magazines and like everything, you know, uh, I think it's such a great example providing that, you know, you can live a healthy life and create awesome art, you know, but getting back to that there, um, so I started to practice yoga. You know, I grew up in Los Angeles, so my first class was at Yoga Works, and yeah, that's right. We're very rare, aren't we? Yeah, we are. So my first class was when I was uh, 19 years old. And so I dabbled in it here and there. I just always knew it was there and had an idea, had heard about it, and heard it helps people to sit still, breathe, meditate, be limber, strong. So I'd heard uh, uh, that this thing called yoga was could help people, and uh, eventually that was so. That was when I was about nineteen. But it wasn't until I was about thirty that I really started to take some classes, and um, and then I took classes for a couple of years, and I just happened to look around and see that. The yogis, the asanas, were some, it was some of the most beautiful, expressive, figurative poetry I had ever seen. And so I decided that I was going to study it and do a, I did a whole series called Impressions of Yoga, Poetry of the Gods. And that was with a Polaroid process that I used to do where I used to hand carve the images before Photoshop. So it lended itself to a breathing effect. So the work, it, it, it expressed what yoga felt like. So I did that for a few years and just got hooked on, on 
the fact that you could tell humanity's story oh. with this poetry. I mean, people can either stand there and do nothing or do these incredible asanas. I mean, it's just a matter of time before the fashion industry is going to pick up on this. <laughs> I'm like, and now look at what's happened. <laughs> you know, I think it's so, I mean, to be able to have seen the the magic or to capture that essence I think is is definitely obviously it's it's a gift and and you do it very well you know to be able to capture what is happening because a lot of the times I mean you know uh, a friend of mine and I were just talking about how people just see yoga as this exercise you know they don't right. see it as a a conduit to something else you know right but I mean, it's so vast, it's, it's never ending. I mean, just the fact that to embrace subjects like prisoners practicing, soldiers practicing, mm -hmm. Maasai warriors practicing, breast cancer survivors practicing, to embrace the full spectrum of humanity using this, this art to become better people and to, to, be, a, to be a better human being. Yeah. It's well, so positive. Yeah. There's nothing negative about it if you see it that way. And you've seen so many different types of people from different backgrounds, you know? And so what's that been like for your own practice? I just love that it's this language that we all speak, that no matter where I go, if it's to Mexico and I meet yoga teachers there and do a, a series where they're wearing traditional dress or if I go to Africa, it's just everyone can relate to this, this art. And it's a, it's a collective consciousness. It's collective that people want to be better. Yeah. And that's an incredible movement. That's, that's a renaissance. Yeah. Wow. What big changes have you seen in the last couple years? Where, where do you see this art form going? I see more, you know, you can always look at negative things and positive things. Sure. I'm not sure where you want to go I with know, that. I don't know, just wherever. I, Maybe I you can see, go to both. Who knows? I see more and more people finding that this, it's medicinal and getting hooked because it's helping them to, to perform better in life, mm -hmm. to feel more and to, it, to deal with the fire of existence, the suffering, to take it on rather than, you know, um, doping yourself up every day, however people do it. Yeah. Well, by disengaging or, or not wanting to be connected. Yeah. You know, so much of, of yoga is really about, you know, the, finding the interconnectedness between all of us. And it's that common thread that you're talking about, you know, how we're all just bringing it to, to yoga asanas, we're all doing the same asanas, you know, we're all doing the same movements, right. we're all made of the same things, right. you know, Yeah. I think it's so important, especially now for us to be able to really wake up to that. Yes. And it's fun. And especially with social media, it's that people are so connected yeah. with, with the, the art form. Yeah. What do you say to people that you know, maybe feel that, you know, just going to social media, seeing, you know, how yoga is, 
is only the the different positions that the body moves in, you know, and they think that they can't do this practice because their bodies can't do an epic back bend right. or something. What would you say to them? Well, you know, I, I experienced that a lot personally because pe- the most common thing that I hear from people is that I can't do what all those <laughs> models are doing in your work. But if you really look closely at my work, there's so much of it is simplicity. It's just prayer. It's the, the poses are coming from the heart. So I guess it could be intimidating. Um, but I, I think that what I try to do is honor the 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 poses that are coming from the heart and mm-hmm. celebrate those and like for instance if it's an acrobatic pose i'm not it, that's cool and all but if it's not coming from the heart it's not the language that i want to use so but if it has both that's great but if i had to choose one it's always going to be you know, something something coming, a gentle ustrasana or a or hero pose, just something coming from the heart, then I think that'll, that'll help people to see that they can do it. Yeah. And it's fun to, to work with beginners, too, to put them in those poses, because when you look at pictures and you see like a camel pose, it looks advanced and it's accessible to everyone. And when people can start to see themselves as a... Re- that, wow, that's me. They can identify with the person that is one of those fancy people in those fancy photographs that there's no us and they. Yeah. Then it's like you're able to really bridge that gap for them. They can they can relate. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. That's fun. That's the power of photography. Yeah. Well, I think that that's the power that you've created. So I don't know that all yoga photographers are the same, you know, and again, I I wouldn't call you, you know, you're a visual artist, like you're creating art, you know, and so I think that your work really is authentic and it really expresses that because you know, you, as I said, you know, for, for the people listening, I mean, you can just go and look at his work and you'll see the, the range and the scope of people that you photographed and it all looks beautiful and, and you really do capture that. So going back to, to what I was saying in the beginning, uh, for you, you know, being able to capture that moment and, and you said that, you know, you, you utilize the tools from, from your apprenticeship to be able to just find that moment how how do you think we can begin to find what that is for us and you know maybe not in photography obviously but like in in other aspects in our lives like right do you know what i'm saying yeah you know it's it's photography is just photography just has the advantage that it lasts forever that's the only difference with what everyone but you can't a great photographer is somebody that is seeing and paying attention and people are feeling seen by them without even an image being created like the image is just that's a bonus and it's wonderful and everything but the bottom core line is our humanity and paying attention that's what i was telling you about being interested which is such a a rare quality in the me 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 era yeah yeah because it's it's more how are we more alike than different right um I love so you're that. Paying attention. Because we could just, like, you could be here and you have this great podcast and everything, but your likability is not really, you, I don't really like you, you know? And what would be the point of all that, you know? So it's the core is that we, we like each other. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. 
That's yeah. the namaste. Mm -hmm. That's my light recognizes and honors yours. Yeah. I love that. That's so great. Everything else is like worthless without that core. And then it doesn't matter what you do. My mail carrier has just got the best vibes and it just brightens my day. You know, that's, that's it. But with a photographer that the work we do goes on living and continues to reflect back to somebody. But it's also tricky because I've worked with people that they didn't leave a nice feeling with me before. And unfortunately, they have to live with me for the rest of my life. People should understand how sensitive. We're not idiots. We're just because the photograph is beautiful. There's an energy behind that that we are. We remember. We were even though we might say we don't. We're not stupid. We're not stupid. So in my intelligent self remembers a, a bratty, entitled person. Wow. Yeah. That's that's so. I mean, I don't even know. Wow, that's true. You know, because what you're creating is something, it's a living thing. Yeah, and it goes on living forever, and we're making billions and billions of them every day, and we have to live with these things that we used to not, we'd have the experience and then go away and never be reminded of it again. Yeah. Now it's always there. Yeah. Especially if you're addicted to scrolling through and you happen to be following people that really aren't that inspiring to you. It's dangerous. Yeah. How do you think that's affecting the way we interact with people? Well, I think for me, it's like I get my fill. I'm like on overload. I don't even need to go out in real life anymore sometimes because <laughs> it's just like I've had enough. <laughs> All I can do is explain my, I don't know why it's affecting the whole culture, but for me at times, I definitely have had enough. I don't need to go to that party. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think, you know, the other thing that, that you said that I find to be true for, for me as well is just that. You know, we're, we're, everyone's so busy now. Like, people don't take their time to just be more mindful or be more present or to acknowledge people. I mean, like, you know your male person. How many people listening to this know their male person or actually interact with... Uh, this is a human dropping mail into your mailbox right. every day. Right. And newspapers aren't going to write about him. Yeah. You know, he just does it for... He's doing it. He's just in it. Yeah. And he could either do it with a bad vibe, but he does it with a, a love for life. He's an artist. Wow. I love that. I love that. And I think that that's really what, what draws me to, to your work and obviously just knowing you and, and, and re really respecting what you do and, and the energy that you're emitting out into the world. Um, is that you are, you can see it, that you see, you're, you're a seer, you know, you can see everything that's happening and you, you have the gift of being able to capture it for us to be able to see or to decipher for ourselves.
you know. I think that um, one of the questions that that I'm curious uh, to to find out from you is in all the work that you've done and in all the places that you've traveled all over the world, has there ever been something that you've seen that you didn't capture that you wish you had? Well, you know, I went to, let's talk about that. I just returned from India. Yes. So I'll keep it very present and tell you what I struggled with. Okay. And, um, We've seen all these pictures of the holy men doing the yoga by the Ganges, and, and, uh, but that just wasn't happening for me. Like when I would see a sadhu, I would go run because then a sadhu started coming at me. I'm not the same as I was the first time I went where I was really enchanted and I by all of that and thought that it was someplace where the answer was. Um, so, and I didn't go to Varanasi where there are real sadhus practicing on the, on the Ganges. But for me, it was like I had, to, I had to let go of that. And I had to let go of the fact that I wanted to do some work with cows in the background. These are things, that's how I get started. I have a, and usually I succeed at all that, but I didn't, I really wanted it. I thought I wanted it. But when I got there, I ended up at this school called Mother Miracle School, which you saw Mm -hmm. the video. Um, And I realized that that was much more important than just perpetuating this idea of India, that there's these holy men practicing yoga and cows, all of that's all cool. And a lot that's what artists go and capture and they do it beautifully. But that was not my calling this time. My calling was to, to take an idea that was important, that an educational system of bringing children in from the slums and uh, inviting them in at a very young age. And it's not an easy thing to be admitted to, a lot of applicants, and taking them all the way through college. But... And I had to really look at that because it was for real. It wasn't a fantasy. It wasn't like, oh, well, because in America, if even though it's exotic and I'm enchanted by it and it's it's very different, I really looked and they really it really was happening. It wasn't like, you know, like if an outsider came here and they're like, oh, wow, they do the Pledge of Allegiance. They are very spiritual people. You know, it wasn't like that. Right. That I was just, you know. I mean, that's what you would think. Yeah. If you were, they'd go, wow, they all do that, put their hand on their heart and say this to this beautiful flag. And they're so respectful. And what a nice country. I want to be in this country. This country's better than my country. So, so I really focused on the school and, and showing potential because potential our potential. That's what I want to focus on with my work is human potential. A great idea is having these schools where people actually really care about their students and their students are meditating every day, doing yoga every day. And just everything that was happening was was very mindful and I was moved by it. So that's where I spent a a good deal of my energy because human potential, taking a great idea and then 
getting people used to it through powerful photographs that people can feel. That's how we change the world. When I first started to go into the prisons, not too many people knew that yoga was going on in the prison system. But the more we make pictures that people can identify, not statistics, not words, but where they see and feel the human being, we remember that. And that's what's so powerful about photography is that it starts to pave the way to create a new reality. So it's like positive propaganda almost. Mm. So it can go either way. Yeah. But that's what I like to focus on is the good stuff that's happening in this world. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we need those impressions. We need to be able to see that, I think. Because I think that we forget, especially if you're you know, uh, uh, anyone <laughs> who has a news app on their phone or, right. or is wanting to see the happenings and there's all this just, you're, you're, you're just overcome by all this negativity and just all this negative stuff all the time that it's like, all the time. where's the story of, you know, the, the firefighters saving this family or, you know, like where's all the, the positive? News. Yeah. Where's all the, where's good, the good news? news? Like just give me one, you know, yeah. where's everyone's so, but I think that's just kind of part of our conditioning too, you know, because people just are always looking for worst case scenario, I think. And, and I think that that's why we're, you know, I think that's why we can be in a state of suffering is because we're always looking outside to the things that we don't have or the things that we're not getting. Right. So I think that to your point, if you focus on all the good and all the, the, the things that are positive in your life, I think that it just creates just a happier, more mindful, more present existence. Absolutely. And we have to be like uh, the direct TV ad says, don't just watch TV, direct TV. We have to do that. We have to do that because it's so easy to, you know, it's uh, from my experience, if I watch too much news and put too much negativity, I start turning rotten mm. and I don't want to be around me, my thoughts. And so it's a muscle that we have to build. That's, it's a daily practice to, yeah. to let in the light. How do you how do you do that for yourself? Well, I started to uh, I started to um, just not watch the news, just maybe a headline here and just pay attention a little bit because it was getting really bad. I mean, just atrocious with um, just so much stuff. But then, and I started to feel better because I was conscious of the fact that I had a choice to be negative or positive, and I found that I could. I'll often be a negative person and um, yeah and look at the look at the the dark side the, the, the hopeless I became hopeless a lot of the times so then I stopped and I noticed that everything started to change in me because I was in control of it and then the shootings in Las Vegas happened and I got sucked back into the news again and but then I went to India, and, and in India, I didn't hear anything about, about America. They're not, they're, it's not, they're on their radar. What's going on here? So it's nice for you to be able to kind of disengage from. Yeah, and see that there's a whole world out there that we're there thinking about other things. <laughs> yeah, positive things. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but definitely not American things. Mm. 
What do you? What advice would you give people that are listening that are wanting to create art or wanting to create something that's going to leave a life? lasting impression in the world and feel maybe a little bit discouraged because they feel unoriginal. What would you say to them? Yeah, that's, it's the trickiest thing because every time that I, I can only speak from my experience, but when I start feeling unoriginal, I just, I realize that I need to stop looking outside and the more sincere I become the more authentic it is and if it's if it's true sincerity then it won't matter if it even if it looks like others stuff because the work is in the in the in the sincerity that's really beautiful what area in your life do you feel the most free hmm. like what are, what are my choices um oh i got it (laughs) making art taking pictures reflecting the beauty enjoying what i'm seeing and and creating with it that if i could do everything else a tenth is positive and without any conflict then i'd be a master of life but it's my gauge. It's, it's the one thing that I do that comes very natural and without question. Like what you just said about being original. Mm-hmm. Just there's, there's no question. It's just, it is. It's very direct. It's my dharma. Mm. But I'm uh, very primitive in other areas. You know, my mother triggers me and <laughs> all kinds of things. Oh, so you're just like, every, like all the rest of us. Oh, I'm just, I'm the worst. I'm a disgrace to humanity. Completely. I always laugh when people contact me or, or I get messages, you know, on, on like Instagram or email when people are like, your life must be so peaceful right. and everything's just so great. And how can I have my life be more like yours? Like you have a ritual and, and I'm like, I am a mess. Like most of the time I'm questioning everything. Like I get panic attacks. Uh I'm a perfectionist. Like, you know, and that's wonderful to know because I thought you were perfect. Stop it. No, I really, I'm looking at you right now. I'm like, nothing's wrong with her. She's got it together. She's leading this incredible interview. She's glowing. She's relaxed. She's awesome. And then here you are talking about, Falling through the cracks, yeah. panic attacks. Yeah, which is a is a beautiful thing to to see perfect people that break down. Yeah, well, <laughs> not so not whatever. Just that no one's yeah. no one's perfect. Yeah, no one's perfect, and and I think that I, I mean that's why I love practicing so much. You know, it's like we we practice we practice daily because we forget, right? So easy to forget, right? Right. So, so for me, it's like, this is a daily, it's like, even though I've been doing it for, you know, like almost, you know, well, it's been over a decade, but your podcast, no, 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 not the podcast, just practicing yoga. Okay. Um, but I think that, 
you know, you, I always, I don't always, there, there are many times I think, oh, I should be in a different, I shouldn't be so reactive. Like, why did that set me off? And it's like, I've been practicing for this long. And it's like, oh, right. Like we practice because we forget because every day is new and I have to practice every day. It's like a muscle you have to practice. And, you know, people always, um, you know, when I, when I was younger, you know, people are always like, I can't wait to be an adult. I can't wait to grow up. And people always have these, they always had these visions of what they were going to be like when they were adults. And I remember my biggest wish, even when I was younger is I wanted to be like an old lady, really, like with gray hair. Like I cannot wait until that moment. Like that's, that's beautiful. Isn't that yeah. like, but it's, it's also, you know, was, was strange for me to tell people this oh, because yeah. I was, no one's going to get that. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I really cannot wait for the moment where I, I'm in that place. And I'm just like, that's grace, you know, like wow. to me, that's just like, I and can't what are you wait. Gonna do? Are you going to be out in Boyle Heights? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I'm where, like, who knows? I'll be? be in East LA somewhere. Um, no, I think, I don't actually know. I mean, I'm obviously gonna, you know, ride or die Los Angeles, uh -huh. I'm sure. Um, but I just really see myself as just, just getting there. And that's exciting to me. Like, I, I can't wait to have had all the lessons, you know, and, and, and be in a place where I can, I can really be at ease. That's beautiful. Like for every line that comes that maybe you make a beautiful piece of art of it and celebrating it. This line's from all the times I looked at the sun or, or, or my partner stressed me out or whatever it is there. It's life. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this is the big thing why I always like, it, it makes me sad sometimes when as women like us aging isn't celebrated as much as it should be. And it's really kind of upsetting for me because I've always had that vision, you know, and I'm like, I just think I really don't give a shit you know if people don't celebrate it because i know for me it's it's gonna be what it's gonna be and i i love getting older like i really do enjoy it and and i love when i see women that have aged gracefully into that too yes you know and and i just feel like if we celebrated it more there would be less insecurity less uh desire to change things about ourselves as women um physically yes. even you know yes well, as, as a big question, yeah, as a, as a vision, yeah, right? what I was going to say, like, how, how do you, uh, discern those things? How are you, how do you deal with it? You know, what I never do is go and alter someone. Like if I, you know, I, I grew up in Los Angeles. I, my family, two sisters and a mom. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to go and like, I'll look closely at someone's face if, uh, just to, to, to remember, like if they had a, a mole or something so that I don't go and look like, see if it's a mistake and then take it out. And because yeah, yeah. the tricky part is, is if you change someone, you're almost saying something's wrong with you. So, and that's tricky. Like I say in my notes, if there's something subtle or if you, you have to tell me, you know, cause I mean, that's important to people, some things, but they have to tell me, I'm not going to go and change someone and mm. make them into a, uh, a homogenous, uh, yoga person. So how we can do that is, you know, I think 
more and more, there's beautiful, there's, there's just more and more people are celebrating aging. And um, there's a woman that I worked with named Kristen in New York, and she wrote, she wrote a poem for a picture that we did, and it's, it's, it says, please don't touch my lines, let my lines touch you. And then she goes on about how this lines from this experience and this is from when her dogs did this. And she gives a whole history of her life. And, um, and it's a, it's a, it's a, she's talking to the photographer and it's beautiful. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So we just need more of that, but it's, uh, you know, some people do it, some people don't. And it's tricky. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I get it, and I, I, I'll, I respect where anyone is with, with that process. You know, I'm just saying for myself, like I, I really, you know, this experience is only happening one time in your life. Right. And I feel like, why remove anything about this perfect moment? Why? I love that. Right. That's a great mission. You're the poster child. Oh, stop. Yeah, seriously, if you ever need someone to photograph these stories, then I would be happy to. Oh, good. Maybe we should do that. Go around and create these moments for people. That would be really cool. <gasps> hmm. Idea. All right, we got to mark that. Um, okay, so I, I do want to respect your time. We're kind of coming towards... The end of our time here, even though I, I have so many other questions I want to ask you about, um, I think one of my main ones, especially we both grew up in Los Angeles and it, even though, you know, I, I grew up on the other side of the tracks, mm -hmm. we're still both from here. Yeah. And, uh, I think that for me, it was very, uh, being a teenager was a very pivotal time. And I know that for you, like, that's kind of when you found your, your art and what right. you wanted to do. And I'm not a big fan of saying like I would change things because I wouldn't because I'm a very big fan of being like the experience that I had growing up was perfect because it led me to this moment. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had to experience everything. But is there any is there anything that you would say to your teenage self right now, the Robert that you are, the experiences that you've had now that you could say to him? Is there anything that you would say? I think I would definitely try to encourage myself to realize that this is just a moment in time that passes because when when I became a teenager that's when I invented depression <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, hopelessness and and deep insecurity you know and and anxiety so much fear and um, I would just, I would definitely want to point towards, I didn't have the awareness back then to look at people who, had, who were adults because I didn't know anything. I was, I was just naive, a little stupid and, um, and reactive. And um, so I would probably choose uh, heroes that were, were healthy mm -hmm. and that I would 
would could see myself evolving into because when you're that young you don't really you're it's it's a selfish time where you don't you know you don't even think you're going to live past 30 maybe. yeah and right. uh you definitely don't respect older people you know they're just old that was my experience yeah so i'd say to to just find people that that seem to be doing life in a beautiful way and let that rub off on you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's really good. That's really good. What would 95-year-old Robert tell you right now? Ah, hmm. let's see. Well, that's interesting because I have a very close relationship with Tao, who's 99, and I see she reflects back to me quite a bit. And But let's see, if it were me, 95. Oh, he's already talking to me. He's definitely talking to me. He's like, listen, if you want to make it to here, then you need to stop doing that. Yeah, that's basically that's the only thing 95 is telling me to wow. shape up with wow. how I treat my body. Mm. That's all 95 has to say. Wow. That's pretty good. Isn't it interesting how like we can we can go backward in time and we can go forward in time and really right. hear those like but it's all still coming from you. Right. Right? Yeah. I think that's so cool. That's why I love asking these questions because yeah. I'm always like... It's a great question. Self-inquiry. Because, you know, it's not, a, it's not a race. You can relax and do it. You're not... There's no... It's not a race. But at the same time, you'd like to make it to the finish line. And 95 is a pretty good line. Yeah. I would say. So in order to do that, you know... I hear that. I hear that. Part of why I created this podcast. So, you know, you know, a little bit of my background and, and kind of, you know, where my path has led me. And, and really, I created not only just the podcast, but what I want to create in this world, I guess, is uh, this whole idea of radically loved or radical love is that we are supported by God, universe, grace, higher power, whatever it is, there's an external force, could be nature, Mother Earth. We are completely supported by it at all times. There is no separation between you or I. We're all connected in this tapestry of life. Um, we are all radically loved and supported by that tapestry. That's, that's what radically loved is. And it's also the, uh, the, the, the opening of us radically loving each other and, and the, the privilege and the honor that that is, that we have that power to give, that we can radically love the other. Mm. Um, and really that's just kind of part of, of my work is being able to connect with people just any, anyone and everyone, you know, we have that power. And, and I think we can really change old patternings in our mind or limiting beliefs or 
eradicate feeling lonely or hopeless or depressed by really tuning into that and really utilizing that resource of tribe or of the people in our lives or just of the beauty of this earth, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so my question to you, there's two <laughs> saying all that. Well, I didn't think you were going <laughs> to, I was going to get off the hook. Oh, no, no, no. Like, oh, no, 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 no. You're I, like, that's I, great closer. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was questions coming. So that's why I paid attention. So my question to you is number one, how do you feel that radical love in your life? How do you feel radically loved? The second part to the question is, what do you radically love? So can we go back again? Absolutely. So, you know, it's just really the question is, how do you feel radically loved? Like in your life, how do you feel the support of either community or tribe or art or the world or the planet? How do you, how do you fulfill that part in your heart that needs that radical love that desires that radical love? Like, how do you, how do you feel it or what makes you feel it? Okay. I feel it through silence. If I can get quiet enough to where I'm just enchanted by the mystery of life, just that it's just, it's life is just happening. It's like I can feel the wind or the seasons are changing. It's autumn now. And so the light is different. And when I pay attention and I, and I'm quiet enough to really appreciate it, then that's when I start to feel radically loved. And that's a good foundation for how I'm going to be enchanted by my relationships with my dog, with my friends, with my family. But I have to find the space, the meditative space inside of me so that I can slow down time enough so that I can actually appreciate it. I love that. I'm like, I wanted to just take a moment and really just, yeah. And second part to the question is, what do you radically love? I think that it's the same. I radically love the appreciating life. Mm. That's what I radically love. Mm. I mean, just when you were speaking about it and you were talking about it, I'm like, oh, it's the same. It's right. going to, you know, because there's so much death there. You know, you can really feel the, the, the substance of, of that, that feeling for you. That's how you connect. That's why you are who you are. That's why you do what you do. You know, that's so great. It's got to start somewhere. Yeah. You know. I never thought of it that way, though. But that's the core, the radically loved. Like how we, what is it? That's the fuel. Yeah, that's what fuels everything. Yeah. You know? Thank you for, of course. for teaching me that. <laughs> um, you literally are the best. I'm like, what are we going to do here? Um, well, first of all, I'm like just so beyond. There's so many things going on in my mind right now. And, and 
I do want to just take a moment and acknowledge you and your work because it's so inspiring for people like me to see people like you creating beauty and bringing out positivity in all of us. And even just not, not just in our yoga community, but just across all facets of this world, especially where we are right now. So thank you for allowing your scope to be vast and unprejudiced and all inclusive and yogic. Um, thank you. Thank you wow. for that. Uh, and I love your work and I'm so inspired by it. And I'm, I'm excited for us to continue our relationship. Absolutely. And to... I want to come to wherever your house is. <laughs> You're totally there with your family, right. okay? That's great. Um, so... It's, it's, so we lived in parallel worlds in Los Angeles. So it fascinates me that you're... <laughs> You're just right over there. I know. We're, we're different so culture, close. But we're both Dodger fans. That's right. That's right. Everyone listening, bleed blue all the way. Um, how can people reach you? For the, the people that are listening to this podcast um, that want to connect with you, that want to see your work, do you photograph people other than yogis? Like, where can we find information about you? I don't. Right now, I, I pretty much yoga is the foundation. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not that it's limited to yoga because it's just, like I said earlier, it's a great way to tell our story. So you could find me at the website, robertsturmanstudio.com, or on social media. I'm findable. <laughs> you are findable. And for everyone listening, all those links, uh, his Instagram and website links uh, will all be on this podcast. So if you're listening, all you need to do is click the info and you can just click a button and go awesome. straight to his information. Yeah, the, the website's one thing, but social media is, mm -hmm. a, is a live unfoldment it's like an artist diary yeah. a sketchbook that's just happening now so yeah. that's the beautiful thing about social media it's yeah. just it's what's happening right now yeah and so if you are listening and you liked this episode definitely share it with your friends and you know uh, send robert a message and tell him how much you loved this episode uh, I guess that's it for us. Thank you all so much for listening, Robert. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're so good at this. Oh, by the way. No, stop really. It. <laughs> you know, whenever I'm interviewed, I don't know if I'm going to get in. And you just made it so that I just went right in and you bring out the best in people. Aww. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. That's very sweet. I'll take it. Thank All right, you. Cool. And Chai, thank you so much for letting us hang out. And um, that's it. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us. Message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes. Write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.